Hello, my name is Susanne. Welcome to the 130th episode of Handmade from the life of a knitting, singing, writing spinner. Today brings you my 13th ever English episode. So um, I'm trying the old computer again because I had so many problems uh, with the recording with the new laptop um, due to um, the very precarious connection between my audio interface and the computer I had to use two adapters and um, I'll show you these two adapters and um, the um, what's it called a thunderbolt uh, thingy here kept slipping slightly out of the socket uh, on the computer and then I had a really weird sound or none at all so it was horrible. So now I'm going back to the old setup because I don't need an adapter I can just use the Ethernet uh, cable to my um, interface thing. So I hope this uh, will go really smoothly because uh, there is only one and a half hours left until my first student comes in. So um, this episode will be no longer than one hour and uh, maybe 25 minutes or so. So I'll just rush through everything. I have no idea um, what to talk about. Um, usually I do a general, um, 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 yeah, you know, the thing where I tell you everything that happened in my life since the last time I recorded an, in, an English episode. Okay, I need to slow down, sorry. Um, so last episode I recorded in English was... Um, back in December 2018, uh, so just before Christmas. That seems like a lifetime ago. Mm, I'm still writing, I'm still working on the same trilogy and I have just moved uh, the deadline, so my internal deadline for the uh, third in that trilogy out to end of June, maybe even middle of July, because uh, writing is not going as fast as I would like it to go. Um, that's totally due to me not sitting down enough. Um, it's also due to um, renovation. We started in April and we um, painted the whole uh, apartment, so in the old part of the house we have like uh, a bedroom, so full apartment, bedroom, living room, bathroom, kitchen. We painted all of that. The last time we did that was in 2001, so it didn't look pretty and there was a lot of mold and yeah, you know, things went wrong. And then we decided to finally renovate uh, my mother-in-law's balcony. That took us like eight days of really hard labor. My knees will probably never be the same again. So I did the whole inside. So I kneeled on a um, stone floor for several days, uh, wheeling a sander. That was really fun. 
not. But the balcony is done mostly. And uh, yeah, what else? I know there were things, but I don't, I can't remember right now. So if you want to know, look uh, on my blog. Um, I've kept up with the daily blogging. I'm still not sure if that's a good idea and uh, if there are people who want to read that. Well, I know there are people who read that like two or three, um, but I'm still not sure if that's really interesting to anybody else but me, but well, tell me either way. Um, I don't know how long I'll do that. I have um, set um, myself a goal of doing it for, for two years and then I'll re-evaluate. So uh, the daily journal will probably go on until September and then I'll see. So let me start with what I worked on since we last talked. So I made gum gum socks um, for my husband. So um, sorry, I pulled these out of the dirty socks uh, basket. Mm, but well, they could have been wet. So they are finished, as you can see, have been worn several times already and are dirty and in the laundry again. Um, these look much more uh, harmonious than I would have thought uh, when I started out. Um, these were made from three different um, sock yarns and I think they turned out pretty great. Um, I did a heel flap, which I don't do often these days. Then um, I also finished the Scary Blithberg socks. So this is the Blithberg pattern by Annie Fletcher. I'm still on an Annie Fletcher kick. I, I have done other socks since I started um, uh, discovering her patterns, but I'm still totally enamored with this kind of um, heel construction. I have learned that this is a strong heel named after a Ms. Uh, Strong, um, and I love it. These socks are really nice and cushy and uh, pretty dense. I'm usually such a loose knitter, but I used uh, 1.25 uh, millimeter needles and those are I don't know how many zeros like a two millimeter is zero so it's one two three it's like four zeros yeah very small needles mm. love these pull these out of the dirty sock basket as well then I have the crazy tea um, this um, is, uh, I don't know how the pattern's called, Crazy Stripes. Um, I did a cardigan and then there's a t-shirt pattern as well from Studio Alpha. I don't know uh, her name at the moment, um, but you'll find that. Um, so this is yarn that I had left over from my Glomintide knit-along. And um, so this is handspun from Merino Silk. Um, the Merino's dyed and the silk isn't. It's really pretty. And I just divided, uh, so it started at the top. I divided um, for the um, sleeves. 
and have started knitting the body. Um, this shows a little bit of the uh, really cool construction. Let me see. So um, you have uh, short rows, so the stripes go uh, crazy, hence the name. So I've done my first big yellow stripe here. Um, you get stripes that are much bigger on one side than on the other. So the T starts um, at the back and then you um, add stitches for the uh, sleeves and the front and uh, knit those in one piece. Then you um, divide the sleeves um, and put them on hold and then you start doing the crazy part of the stripes where the stripes are not um, equal all around but uh, they are much uh, bigger um, on one side so they go on, on the diagonal and that looks really cool. Um, it, this has been lingering um, in the project bag for ages because um, I, um, you have these stripes and those are like four row stripes and you have very small parts like at the front and on top of the sleeves and so you have a lot of ends to weave in and I had decided that I wanted to weave all ends in before um, knitting further which meant that uh, the project was lingering for two months or more because I couldn't bring myself to uh, weave the ends in. So I've learned my lesson and now almost all are woven in and um, from here on I will do Russian joints for the, um, for the ends, which means um, when I start a new color it's a little bit more work, but um, you have very neat um, uh, edges and, and everything will be woven in uh, as soon as I'm finished. So that's uh, a good thing. Then I knitted a whole a sweater, but it's not quite finished. Um, very typical for me. Um, I did all the knitting in record time because uh, this is an Auligan by uh, the parents by Kate Davies. Uh, she has this uh, really famous owl sweater and this is the um, cardigan version of this. Um, the yarn is really heavy. It should have been heavier than that so I started knitting this with the yarn held double but I didn't have enough yarn for that and so I just um, took a single strand the knitting is all done. I need to um, yeah, graft the underarm seams, um, weave in all the ends, get uh, buttons and sew them on and then it will be finished. Um, this is one of the things that have been laying around forever because I can't bring myself um, to weave the ends in. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'll do it soon because right now I'm on a finishing kick which is really nice. I wanted to show you the Dalek hat that I made for my son but I find that the Dalek hat is in, in the hallway, not here. I'm sorry. So um, the pattern is called Insulate and it's a Doctor Who themed hat. It, um, I made it in two shades of grey from leftover yarn from the blanket that I made for my son. 
and um, it's um, it has a pattern that looks like it's uh, the TARDIS at first glance, but then um, on the crown of the hat you have some uh, color work that shows you that no, it's not the TARDIS, it's a Dalek. This is really, really cool. I made that for my son. It's, uh, yeah, as I said, two colors. It's acrylic because he doesn't do wool, which is really awful, but yeah. And um, I don't think he has worn it, but it's finished. I had to start it uh, two times because I wanted to do a tubular cast on because I like how it's look and it's very stretchy. And I did it wrong, uh, like I should have known. I followed uh, Isolda's tutorial uh, for tubular cast on, and um, when she said, "Yeah, you you need to knit uh, all the stitches through the back in this row because they'll be uh, the point um, the wrong way on the needle," yeah, mine weren't. So um, I've knitted the the. I think almost the whole hat and then I pulled it to see if it's uh, wide enough and would fit and you couldn't pull the the ribbing uh, it was just I don't know locked <laughs> so I had to, I, I thought about um, like uh, snipping a stitch and um, do fiddly repairs, but um, the knitting of the hat went so quick that I just um, gave up and ripped it back and did it a second time. So um, my son was very happy with the hat, but um, he doesn't do hats as well. Only um, sometimes in the winter it's so cold that I think a hat would be a good idea to have. Uh, then I have my Advent colored uh, Coriolis socks. So um, I've done many pairs of uh, Coriolis. This shows you um, the socks as well as the spinning because um, I finished this yarn in December and I just remember that something went wrong when I did uh, the last uh, podcast recording and so there is uh, one sock that has, uh, let me see, I pulled two needles out. So there are loose stitches here. Um, yeah, Coriolis is a pattern by Cap Bori. You know how much I love those. Um, I wanted a toe-up sock so I could use up all the yarn. And now this is almost a knee sock but not quite and since I don't know the yarn came out uh, thinner than I wanted they're also very tight and I'm thinking about maybe ripping them back and um, using the yarn for two pairs of socks or maybe finishing these and I'm totally indecisive about this. I have no idea what to do. So they are just sitting in the bag. So two socks. Uh, when I spun this, I made two um, uh, balls that, well, yeah, um, that were the same. So I divided the fiber in the middle I even weighed it, so you can see the socks are pretty equal, similar, 
sorry, um, for uh, yeah, for this. But as I said, I'm not quite sure, and I'm also not quite sure that if I make these knee socks, uh, if I will wear them. I really like colorful things, but in at the moment I'm not wearing as bright uh, colors uh, as much as I used to. So, hmm, as I said, if I finish these the way they are, then I'm not quite sure how to do uh, the edging. I have looked at all my other Coriolis socks and mostly I've done a um, seat, st seat stitch uh, border. I don't know. So, and as long as I don't know, I can't finish them or rip them back. So they're just sitting there unfinished. I'll tell you in the next uh, episode, well, next English episode for sure, because in a few months I hope I will have made a decision and uh, finished these. So what else? Um, toe socks. So I am running uh, quite a bit, uh, actually, and when I'm running I'm wearing these really cool um, Vibram Five Fingers shoes. So in those shoes Every toe has um, its own compartment, like in a glove. And so um, I have to buy special socks for running. And I thought, well, I can make my own, can't I? I, I totally didn't think of that until, was it Stephanie Bold, I think, um, was posting her toe socks. I think it was her, I'm not quite sure. So I um, ordered three-ply Regia sock yarn. Interesting thing, by the way, um, you can't get it. Well, you can still get some, but it's no longer um, produced. So um, stock is dwindling. Uh, there is another three-ply sock yarn from online. Uh, Opal, yeah, Opal, that's the one. I haven't tried that and that only came in really bright colors and since I'm always looking a little ridiculous in my Vibram Five Fingers anyway, I thought I'd rather go with something gray. So um, the pattern I had is Funky Five Toes, I think is the name, and um, that uh, is, um, you're supposed to do a toe-up sock that starts at midfoot, so you do like provisional cast-on for um, I don't know 60 something stitches. I did uh, 72 for these, and um, then you start knitting in the direction of the toes and do the toes first, and then you unpick the provisional cast-on and um, knit the rest of the sock. Since I really dislike uh, knitting socks toe up, I decided to just make it a uh, cuff down sock. And since I'm so much in love with this uh, strong type heel that Annie Fletcher always uses, I have made these with uh, the same kind of heel. Only I found that um, if I did the uh, gusset increases every other row, 
the heel would be a little too short for me with this yarn so I ripped it back and um, I've done the increases every third row and then uh, when I reached the point where I had to knit the toes on the first sock I again sat there and said I can't be bothered to figure out how to make the toes because I have to make them to fit my own toes, not somebody else's idea of how toes should look. This is really a good thing about these socks. I mean, the Vibram Five Fingers have standardized toes and my toes are not standardized in any way. So most of those little uh, toes on the shoe don't really fit me very well. But uh, when I make my own toe socks, I can make them fit my actual toes. Only that means I have to measure and look and uh, calculate a bit. Well, I'll, go, I'll do that soon. I think I might uh, have more headspace and calmness in my mind. Uh, yeah, right now the next four or five weeks and then I'm traveling again and then everything will go crazy and then it's July which is always crazy and yeah we'll see. So those are the toe socks and then I started another pair of socks. Um, by the way when we did the renovation I uh, found uh, there were all these piles on my dresses I think I've talked about them at length and um, so I had to dismantle all the piles so we could paint the walls and I found that I had like two garbage bags this size full of mending and at least one of them is socks and those are either um, hand-spun socks or uh, socks that are made from Socks That Rocks yarn. Um, I had the sock club one year and never again. It's pretty expensive, especially if you figure in uh, international shipping. And so I didn't do it again. Um, so my whole sock drawer is really stuffed. I mean, right now the uh, basket where we keep the dirty wool uh, clothes and socks and such uh, because we wash those uh, extra um, that's full and my sock drawer is not empty at all and now I have like a garbage bag of hand-knitted socks that just need uh, mending I don't think I should buy another dresser. I think I should maybe get rid of some of those socks. And so I'm knitting socks all the time because I love knitting socks and it's so great to take them with me. But um, I don't really need any more socks. So um, I've decided to slow the whole process down. And this is a hand-spun sock. Um, the pattern is, again, Annie Fletcher, its uh, rib is the new vanilla, or something like that, something with vanilla and ribbing. And the yarn is, I'll show you, will I? Um, I'll show you later when I talk about spinning, but 
so that I don't forget. I'll just pull it out right now. Pull it out right now. Um, I started this uh, sock before I went to Hamburg for the Mensa annual gathering. That was really fun, but I was still totally exhausted and tired and sore from the balcony renovation. And then I went to Hamburg and uh, stayed up uh, too late every night and didn't get enough sleep. And it was also exciting. Um, yeah, so... But I knitted like half the sock while there. I might have finished the first one, but um, again, this sock yarn seems to have come out thinner than I had planned. And I used the 1.25 millimeter needles again. Oh, um, I can show you, they're really thin. So these are five of them. And they are. They are just one really, really thin needle. Um, and it's really funny because I met a friend well in Hamburg and she was knitting as well. And we were getting about the same kind of fabric and she was using 2.5 millimeter needles. That's like uh, size two in uh, US sizes. Mm. So um, I had started the sock with 64 four stitches and when I tried it on it was really snug and tight like the um, Coriolis sock and so I decided to rip back and start again with 72 stitches. I hope I won't regret it after I washed the sock because um, uh, uh, after I have will have washed the sock sorry grammar um, um, because I didn't uh, wash the yarn after spinning. I usually do that, but I thought if I didn't and only wash the sock after knitting, then maybe um, the fabric would become uh, denser and tighter. And because I'm such a loose knitter, I'm thinking that maybe socks will um, uh, stand up better over time when they're not knitted as loosely and so I'm trying several things at once here. Mm, we'll see how that goes. And then... Sorry I can't read what I've written without my reading glasses. Um, yeah, that's everything that I've knitted. Then uh, the only thing that I crocheted was the Sweet Pea Blanket. And I'll try to hold it up to the camera. Um, sorry for those of you who have this on audio. The blanket is really beautiful and really big and really lovely. And you really should go to uh, the Attic24 blog where uh, Lucy has um, posted the pattern and tons of photo and the whole crochet along was a lot of fun. and. I loved sitting uh, there. Um, it started in, in January and so I spent uh, every day, I spent a bit of time sitting with this blanket and it was growing bigger and bigger and um, like um, after two or three weeks already uh, it was something that was warming me while I was working on it and I really love the colors even though there's a lot of pink in there and I'm definitely not a pink person but 
I don't think I'll do that again as much as I loved it um, because this is all um, polyester yarn, polyacrylic. And um, while this is not as bad as using a plastic grocery bag and then uh, putting it in the trash, I don't think I really need um, plastic yarn in my life. Mm, I'm even trying to get away from sock yarn with uh, acrylic so yeah and I don't think that I'll uh, do a huge project where I buy wool yarn and then dye it the colors that I need for the crochet along but all in all it was very um, joyful and fun experience and I, there were many weeks where I was working on that and um, since the blanket is really easy it's just this one stitch pattern that goes over and over and over and it's really easy to learn so you just sit there and you get into the rhythm and you crochet along and I'm still longing to have uh, another crochet project but uh, right now there is a one one Sorry. So that was that was the only thing I crocheted. Um, I did start a cowl, but I don't. Something didn't work about that, and then I just ripped it back and um, knit it instead. And the other thing that I had wanted to crochet is the Starry Night cowl, but. This is the first part of the Starry Night Cowl. So um, this is hand-blended um, merino and blue-faced leather fiber. <laughs> and uh, this is how much I have spun so far. This is supposed to be fingering weight yarn when it's done. Um, uh, it needs two colors. Um, I'm having a problem because the bobbin is rolling off my desk here. Um, so uh, I have two colors. Um, this is a turquoise blended with a bit of uh, black. Sorry, you can't see this because of the uh, plastic bag. Uh, do you know this thing where the, you have the zipper bags and you're not quite sure if the zipper is open or closed? Uh, that was the one. So, yeah, here we are. So this is mostly bright neon turquoise, turquoise with a little bit of black. And the uh, other color is dark blue. I was all excited when I started this project and took it with me to one spinning meeting, I think. And then I worked on it like twice and that was it. Uh, I still plan on doing it, but just not just now. Um, okay, I'm uh, looking at my notes. So there was the Advent Calendar Fiber from Steffi's Wolle. I really love that. I got the 200, uh, no I didn't, I got the 120 gram calendar this year. And uh, I spun my uh, portion every night so that was really nice for advent to have this calendar and sit down with you you know you unpack it and then you see how the color is going to change so this year the 
color change was um, slower than the, the year before. So the year before you almost had a new color every day and this time you uh, kept spinning the same color a little longer which was not quite as nice to spin but probably much better for the end product and I didn't bring the yarn, sorry. Mm. I thought I had the advent calendar in the socks but those are two different advent calendars. So, so the one uh, that I showed you in the Coriolis socks, that's uh, the calendar from 2017. And um, the one from this year, um, yeah, I actually did get the 250 grand. Well, I have no idea. Uh, I have two, three skeins of really beautiful, um, colorful yarn. I think I'm going to um, knit a uh, shawl out of it. And uh, yeah, and I sat down, as I said, every, every night, um, every morning, I would pull out the little paper bag with the yarn portion, and then I'd divide it into two equal parts and would spin it at night. And that was really, really nice. I'm thinking of doing something similar this year, but I don't think I'll buy an advent calendar. I'm thinking about um, giving myself a spinning project and saying, okay, every day you knit, you spin this much. Um, so that I have the um, experience of sitting down every day in this very hectic time of year so that I can um, calm down and spin and uh, have a bit of peace and quiet uh, without having to spend as much money and without having to find a use for this really, really colorful yarn that I wouldn't normally uh, want to knit with. Then, yeah, that, that one I always uh, showed you, the Merino and Blueface Lester for Starry Nights. That's a stash, by the way. I had um, some uh, leftover uh, fiber for, from other projects and I carded that with my little hand cards and um, started spinning that. And then the one I uh, finished was the Merino Silk on the Bosworth Featherweight. That's the yarn that I showed you the sock from. And this is the other ball. Um, I don't know if you can see the structure of the yarn. This is really interesting. Um, this project was born when... Uh, I think this is not only fuzzy, but... Um, yeah, so I'm trying to get this to focus. Don't you love it when uh, podcasters have technical problems? So um, this yarn is a cabled yarn, even though it doesn't look like it. It is um, four ply. You you'd, uh, spin two plies in, I can never tell. Uh, let me see, Z. I think I spun the first uh, four, uh, I spun four plies each in Z. That's clockwise, isn't it? And um, then I took uh, two of those each and plied them Z. So they were very, very uh, um, lively. 
uh, you have all these kinky yarn. It looks both kinky and limp. It's really funny. Um, I don't know if you've ever uh, plied your yarn into the in the wrong direction ever. Um, so when you do that, um, you get a lot of twist built up, and it um, and the the wheel isn't really um, uh, pulling the yarn in and so the yarn looks a bit lifeless and it's still totally kinky so when you um, lose your grip it kinks all up so that's what happened with this one as well and then I took the resulting two two ply yarns and plied those in S I think let me see uh, okay I can do this um, I need my glasses so the this is S. Okay, so I applied it in S uh, direction, and now it looks as if it were a two ply, and it's pretty thin. But in fact, it's a four ply. I have no idea how this will behave. It's knitting up very nicely. Um, this is really thin and not very bouncy. But this can, it could be due to the fact that I haven't washed it yet, so I don't know. I'm knitting these socks and they feel a bit limp and inelastic as well. But um, we'll see when I have finished them and washed them uh, how they will turn out. I'm pretty sure that this will be better wearing than a, uh, a chain ply or Mm, two-ply um, merino socks. Mm. Funny enough, somebody told me that yes, um, sock yarn always needs um, poly uh, acrylic, otherwise it won't be uh, durable. Um, the only ever socks that I made from merino nylon weren't durable at all. So they wore through I don't know, in the blink of an eye. On the other hand, uh, the spinning was very loose, so don't know. Um, the interesting thing is that I have made a lot of things out of this merino silk uh, blend. So this is basically the same uh, fiber um, that I have made the Glomintide shawl from, that I have made, um, I don't know, several hats, mittens, um, it's basically my go-to fiber, mm, comes in several colors, I've used, uh, I've bought it in, in, I have orange, I have yellow, I have a bright red, a dark red, and the green, and so um, we'll see how that goes. Of course, uh, this is merino and silk, and merino is not the best fiber for, um, Socks, I'm uh, yeah, I know that, but um, this is like um, something I had on hand and wanted to start quickly. I remember that um, Abby Frankemont uh, told me about this method of cabled yarn, um, of making cabled yarn, and um, I wanted to try it. And I started spinning it while going to the Regensburger Reverie meeting, and I I think that was in 2014, I'm not quite sure. So this was my go-to 
uh, spindle project to which was uh, in my bag um, for ages and um, I didn't work a lot on it. Mine you go to a spinning project. I don't know. I started this at least a year ago, probably two, three, no idea. Um, this is a really nice um, Turkish spindle from IST Crafts. I bought it and didn't like it at first and then I decided that I need to uh, just use it more often and then decide if I'll keep it or not and right now I love it. This is I think Targi uh, from Ätherische Öle. I bought it at the Wollmarkt in Vaterstetten in 2016. I think I started spinning it uh, Pretty right away, but um, yeah, I'm not spindle spinning a lot, but I try to change that. So um, right now, this is my go-to spindle spinning project. So um, yeah, another four years or so, and it will be finished. Uh, for now, I have finished one of those tiny turtles um, on the spindle and this is the second one and I've only spun 10 grams or so, so a tenth of the fiber. So a long way to go. Mm, the other thing that I have going is the project wardrobe. Mm, big name, mm, not really any progress. Um, I started making a pair of yoga pants and got stuck in the middle. And yesterday I found out why. I was suspecting that the, um, the pants were too tight. Um, and I was, um, yeah, I was right. Yesterday I took heart and uh, stepped into the legs of the pants. They are not sewn together yet. And found that, yes, these pants don't fit. Um, one of the problems is that I have gained uh, some more weight, which is horrible and I hate it and I want to do anything to change back to my um, lighter weight, um, but that uh, includes um, not eating as much and yeah, sometimes I find that really hard. So, um, so that's one thing. I will um, hopefully lose um, some more weight and um, fit back into the pants. But um, just right in the middle of the night, I have to say, I woke up in the night and uh, lay there and think, I could just take the seam ripper to the yoga pants and sew uh, the, them again with... Um, Make and make the seam allowance smaller. There is a bit of margin, not much, but maybe mm, half a centimeter. Mm, so maybe one centimeter all, all in all. So and, and that might be enough because I can wear them. It's just they're so tight that there are wrinkles like this um, all over the legs, so that's not a good look. So I'm hoping. And I'm also participating in Me Made May, about, uh, in an 
unofficial private version so I don't post photos uh, or anything I just decided that I would wear me made clothes um, not exclusively but as much as I could throughout the month and um, and that made me realize I need more, more t-shirts and I don't have pants um, so um, all through May I won't be wearing jeans because I have none that I make myself so my handmade clothes um, if we're not talking about socks, shorts or um, sweaters there aren't all that many so I own uh, the dress that I'm wearing right now that you can't see because I have a cardigan on top of it it's uh, the purple swing dress that I made. Then I have another one that's orange with red dots. So little extreme, not suited to every occasion. Then I have a, a jeans skirt that I can wear. I have one t-shirt. <laughs> I have one tank top. I have a black linen dress. That's my funeral dress, but um, if... I wear it with something else but black. It, it doesn't look like a funeral. Um, and then I have one dress that's probably too small, that's almost finished. That's a cute dress. Um, and I have uh, one pair of yoga pants that's just um, pieces of fabric. And yesterday I actually cut the pieces out for a new t-shirt. Um, the one t-shirt that I have is the plantain t-shirt by Dear and Doe and I'm planning on making a few more because this one suits me very well. It's um, The shape of the t-shirt is like an A so um, uh, the uh, size 38 fits me in the shoulders and it's so wide on the bottom that the bottom fits my bottom very well. Um, because I usually need like two sizes bigger for my um, pants and skirts. And yeah, skirts, not really, but pants. And um, so this t-shirt is uh, almost ideal. So I uh, actually cut out a new t-shirt um, yesterday. But who knows how long it will take to sew that. Um, I mean, sewing's not my mm, main passion. Uh, I just want the finished garment and I don't uh, really want to spend all that time uh, pick, uh, putting pins into things and then lugging the sewing machine around. Yeah, So uh, I'll get there but it will take some time. So now you get to hear what I talked about in the last nine episodes. And let me look at the time. Okay. So, um, my first episode was uh, the, the December episode uh, that I call Looking Back and Forwards. So, usually I've been doing the um, year in review, uh, fiber year in review thing that Distelfliege puts out. Um, only I realized that um, most of the questions don't really suit me. But I like the idea of um, this um, review of the year. So I just did that. And I can't really tell you what I talked about in that episode because for that I um, would have to uh, 
have uh, listened to it again, and I didn't. But I know that I talked about the project wardrobe because um, I had really high hopes in 2018 of um, making all kinds of things and I have lists and plans and the only thing that I made were, uh, was uh, this one measly t-shirt and nothing else. And I'm thinking that I still have a list uh, about um, what I want to... No, I haven't. Um, so I have a list of what I want to sew in the future, but it's not in this bottled journal. It's in the other one that I don't have here, sorry. So I know um, I already have um, fabric for uh, three more t-shirts, one pair of yoga pants. I really need um, another skirt. I want one that's a bit longer. Um, I have um, the jean skirt that I have is Miette and I really like it um, and I love the, the pockets. It has huge pockets. You can carry everything with you. I love to wear it when I'm traveling because, um, because it's jeans. It's really very sturdy and uh, with the pockets you can put everything in there. Um, but it looks, mm, I don't know. It, since it's the Miette has a silhouette that goes really far out, like um, uh, maybe you should wear a petticoat underneath. And um, with the jeans, it's it's really um, standing on its own almost. And then um, I'm not quite sure about the length of the skirt. It's um, uh, it hits above the knee, and I think that's not the most flattering length on me. And well, with me being over 50, maybe I don't need to wear mini skirts anymore. On the other hand, if I had really beautiful legs, I probably would, but I don't. Mm. And um, so I've been thinking about the Hollyburn skirt. That one looks like it would fit me very well and um, go with everything. And I'd like to make one of those out of court maybe or denim something like this um, I find that I get a lot of wear out of those um, heavier sturdier skirts um, I also have a miette that's more of a summer skirt and that works pretty well too but I like the other ones better and I used to have a, an olive green court skirt and that one I wore all the time and went with everything that I had and for almost every occasion so I want something like that and then on my list uh, there's a um, short coat um, I need a jacket for when it's not raining and it's not really hot for those in-between seasons um, and uh, we call that a Übergangsjacke in Germany, uh, like transition jacket. And uh, so that's when it's not winter and it's not really hot, but you know, you need a jacket, but not a raincoat for like for those um, times when you need a, a denim uh, jacket. And I'd like to have a coat like that so I can wear it 
with my skirts because that's um, a slight problem in my wardrobe right now. I have a rain jacket that's very sporty and very bright red and I have a very old and ratty looking parka like thing and I need something that's a bit um, dressier and not as ratty. And I have a pattern uh, mark for that. I uh, just don't remember it right now. From It's from the Sewaholic uh, who made the Hollyburn skirt pattern. And she has a coat. Um, it's unlined. I think I want to make that. And um, lots more t-shirts and uh, at least two skirts and uh, two tank tops and then maybe one or two summer dresses. So I have the list. I have the um, fabric for three t-shirts and two pairs of yoga pants, including the ones that are in progress right now. And so I'm hoping that my sewing mojo will come back and that I'll actually sit down and make all of these clothes so that I can wear them. Um, so that was in my review. And, um, and then I talked a bit about what I wanted to knit and do. And yeah, and uh, I'm really hoping that this will be the year where I finally will uh, publish a novel or two. Um, you can keep your fingers crossed for me. I'm working on it uh, and everything is going much slower than I would like, as usual. On the other hand, I really don't have as much time as I think I have. Though, I have to say, in March I did a month where I went mostly offline. Though, um, to be fair, my husband is more offline than I am when I'm mostly offline. So my husband doesn't have a smartphone, is not on Facebook, isn't on Twitter, isn't on Instagram, doesn't read blogs, doesn't post to his blog, belongs to no online forums. He basically turns his computer on when he starts to uh, his uh, teaching day checks his email, so email is the only thing that he uses, he doesn't get any newsletters, so um, he's maybe online for 10 minutes a day, if that, and he uses the internet to research things and sometimes to watch YouTube videos of concerts or uh, guitar tests or amp modifications or something like that, so he uses the internet for research and um, sometimes watches films on YouTube and does email at the end. And when I was mostly offline, I was still posting daily on my blog. I was still um, checking Instagram and Reverie and everything at least once a week. And I tried to check email only once a day, but failed miserably and uh, checked five to 12 times a day. Um, I have to say I did feel uh, pretty good uh, when I was more offline, so I'm trying to establish new habits and not be online as much. Um, I really like my friends in the computer, but uh, having space to think is a really good thing and not being bombarded with the uh, 
look at this and do this and oh my god and all the time um, not the worst thing to do so second uh, episode episode 122 was about how to document your projects that came about because um, the lovely ladies from the Volkanal podcast um, if you uh, understand German you should really check their podcast out there oh, they're gorgeous they're so cute and um, it's really interesting I always learn something uh, there are two ladies uh, they work together and um, they yeah it's it's a really good podcast with uh, high quality audio and I love it so they were um, talking about a workshop where they were and um, where they learned how to uh, document uh, their um, spinning projects. And I was thinking, huh, I didn't know people didn't know that. So I did an episode on documentation, on how I um, make samples and stick them in notebooks. Um, I actually found um, some notebooks here and I want to show you like this. Um, this is my um, craft notebook from 2013 to 2015. Here is a sample of weaving. Um, that's for the um, blanket I made for my father for his 75th birthday. So what I do... Oh my! I just found the notes that I need for the sweater that I want to make for my husband. This is really serendipitous. Ah! so cool so um, here I have the project name when I started it um, what um, needle I used um, my gauge sample like uh, which size I made uh, all of these things I used to um, write that down here usually when I spin yeah I used to <laughs> I used to have these um, index cards where I wrote which fiber, which wheel or spindle. Um, I usually only do that for wheel spinning, funny enough, um, because you do uh, the spindle spinning mostly by feel anyway. So, but for the wheel projects, I'd write down which wall, which, um, which wheel, um, and then I'd um, take a short um, sample of like the uh, unplied, um, um, single and uh, put it uh, onto the card and then I'd do the uh, plying sample and put that on there and a washed sample and and took notes um, and that's really helpful if you do that consistently you can find all kinds of things um, again later I also often use my notebooks for um, jotting down uh, which needles did I use, um, which gauge did I get, which size, which modifications. That's all really, really helpful. Um, I also have this very cool notebook where I made, uh, when that, that was way back when I still thought I'd um, become a knitting designer. Well, I am a knitting designer because I designed knitting, but um, so here's um, sketches for socks where you can see that I can't um, sketch. I'm really bad at drawing. And this is like um, sketch for a cable and 
um, all of these things. I often stick um, sticky notes into these notebooks. It's it's basically you can do it any which way. It's just you have to. No, you don't have to, but it's better to do it in a way that you can find everything uh, again later, uh, which is why I love the bullet journal. I've been using it for years now. I don't know how many years, but there are like five uh, filled uh, notebooks. This is the um, infamous Leuchtturm 1917. So it's not Leuchtturm, it's, it's Leuchtturm. It's, uh, but I know you can't say uh, when you are an English speaker, usually. Um, so, this has an index, which is extremely helpful, and it also has page numbers. So, I can look at, what do I have here? I'm looking for a project, but I don't find anything. Um, planning Dathan pullover from North Ronaldsey for example. So that's on page 63. So I go to page 63 and here I have all my notes for that project. So um, every time I want to uh, know what I thought about, um, I can. Um, or hey, here are my notes for the advent calendar socks. Wait, just a minute, here. Um, and that's even more interesting because that's just a regular page in my bullet journal, um, messy, not pretty at all. So for all of you who think that bullet journals should be like you see on Instagram with all the lovely hand-drawn ink flowers, no, they don't. Um, and my notes on the socks are just these um, few bullet points uh, at the end of the page. And so I jotted down that I had uh, done it with uh, 60 um, stitches, that I have used 1.5 millimeter needles, that I've made a whirlpool too, and then knitted 25 rounds uh, without any increases, blah, blah. So I wrote down everything that I needed to make the second one the same as the first. So that's really helpful. Um, I've used um, general notebooks for everything for ages. Um, I think uh, the bullet journal method with the index has improved um, my um, notebooks tremendously because I can find things again. It's still all chronologically. So, um, for example, I was just uh, telling you that I found the blank canvas uh, sweater notes. So I would have had to um, go back and see when I made that to um, find out where to find the notes. On the other hand, I at that time I was still putting everything into my reverie notebook. And that's another one that's really good. If you put everything there, you can find it real quick and um, it's really helpful. But I have stopped uh, putting everything there like I should um, ages ago. Mm. But it's... Who cares? Um, I just have to find everything again when I need it. Um, and you always think that you uh, will uh, remember everything. 
You won't. Trust me on this. Uh, okay, what else? Uh, episode 133 was about the UFO drawer. Another one that I um, got inspired um, uh, to do by the uh, lovely ladies from Volkala because one of them talked about her UFO drawer. I don't have a drawer. I have like piles and piles and piles and after I did that um, podcast episode I put all the UFOs into one of those garbage bags. I have a whole garbage bag full of UFOs in different stages of um, being finished. I have a hat that I think I don't like but it needs... I'm not even sure if it still needs blocking or only... Um, I, only, I might only have to take a picture of it. It's really embarrassing. I have two finished sweaters in there and I'm thinking that they probably won't fit me, but they still need blocking, which is totally ridiculous because I could block them to my measurements and then they would fit me and then I could try them out and find out if they fit into my life or not. Um, I don't know, there are a ton of things and I don't remember them all, but um, I'll try to link um, every episode so that I'm talking about. I have a list of topics uh, at the end of the show notes for this post and then I'll link the, um, to the show notes for that episode and there should be pictures... I hope there are pictures of my UFOs. So, um, yeah, and I wasn't sure if most of these UFOs are UFOs because I wasn't sure if I should finish them or not. But best thing would be to just finish them and then if they don't fit me or I don't like them, then I can decide what to do with them. But having that in, hanging there in limbo for years is really not not the best thing to do. So I try to get better, but um, I don't think the owl again will become a UFO. But um, my motivation to finish it is not really all that high now that it's May. On the other hand, I'm just uh, sitting here wearing a bulky wool cardigan. So maybe I should. Uh, the next episode after that, episode 124, was about vague plans for projects. Um, I found that I have all these projects in my head that aren't really projects yet and aren't really planned fully. It's just, that's the vague part. And I think after I did that episode, I sat down and made a list for Project Wardrobe to say, okay, I need this and this and this and this. I have the fabric for these five things and I have these two things that are in progress but unfinished and then I'd like to make this and this and this and this and then these things would be nice. And having a, a list makes this really much easier because um, uh, it's all in my head and it just pops up and goes down again like soap bubbles and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember I wanted to make this thing and then, hmm, 
it would be nice to have a second pair of running shorts. I really should make some. And then the thought goes away again. And it never really gets into a stage where things get actually done. It's just like, oh, it would be nice to do that. Or wouldn't it be cute to do that? And then it's gone again. So um, I don't know if everybody has that. Um, it used to be that I would see all these things. Maybe I'm still, I think I'm still doing that because I just looked into my reverie queue the other day and there are hundreds of uh, patterns in there that I had planned to make next. So um, sometimes I was looking for a pattern for a certain yarn that I had or um, I was thinking, oh, my husband needs more cowls, I want to do something in crochet, so let me look at crochet cowls and then I would uh, put some of those in my queue or um, think, oh, it would really be neat to do some more um, color work, uh, mittens. Um, nobody needs color work. I'm just, you know, actually, my husband could need another pair of color work mittens. He has one and he wears them and he washes them all the time. Um, I tell him that you don't need to wash wool things all the time, but he doesn't care, so they get washed like uh, every other week. Mm, yeah, I should make some for my husband. Um, so that was a vague and talky podcast, and I can't really remember what I was talking about, but it was mostly all these projects like, oh, it would be nice to have a lacy cardigan, or oh, I have this fiber uh, that I spun up, and now this yarn could become something... Uh, so about that. Then uh, the next one is the stripy sweater inspiration. Oh, that was so cool. Um, I have subscribed to the Knitting Season um, Club by Kate Davies. It's Unfortunately, it's on hiatus because um, Kate Davies, uh, uh, her health didn't uh, permit her to continue the um, club as planned which is a bummer, and she had all these nice essays and all these really great patterns, and um, she was working on two books at once, one about uh, one were all the knitting patterns and essays uh, regarding that, and the other one was about creativity, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so, uh, and one of the patterns that she um, did for that club was the Dathan pullover. It's um, stripey, stripey, stripey. It's it's random stripes, not uh, all that regular. And it's um, made from all the shades of Millerochi tweed. Uh, that's one of the yarns that she sells and has made for her shop. And I really like the sweater. And I looked at it and was like, I want this. I want to make this. The yarn is out of stock. Hmm, I could spin for this and then I die or first die and then spin. And um, I have 400 grams of North Ronaldsea um, fiber and I would love to make that into that pullover. 
even though I would probably never wear it because it would be just too scratchy and it has these um, dolman sleeves which are really impractical, don't fit under any coat and I can't really wear them when I'm teaching because I try playing guitar with dolman sleeves so I would always have to pull them up real high so that I could move. Mm. I don't know, but the, the project is still haunting me because I had this vision of having made this thing all by myself and like recreating the shades of the yarn from my computer screen, of course, and ah, would be marvelous. But um, yeah, quite a big project. I'm still not quite sure if I'll do that or not, but uh, the idea was just so perfect. I don't know if you know that. It's like you sit, you get this inspiration, and then you think, wow, that would be so cool. And then you think, but it's such a lot of work, but it would be so cool. Yeah, so I'm not quite decided on that. Um, but thinking about that, um, yeah, that's uh, so much fun. Then I think I need to speed up a little. Uh, it's really awful with um, being my age. You always need your reading glasses. And now you know why I never uh, lift my head while recording. Because then the um, lights that I use to um, light my face, you'll see them on the glasses. It's really ugly. So uh, let me see. Next one was um, knitting and depression. Um, there are quite a few resources about how knitting can help with depression and anxiety and um, how uh, it's good for you uh, to knit when you are uh, have depression or are depressive and uh, are anxious. And I find that I use knitting a lot when I'm in social situations. Um, I don't really have social anxiety, but still it helps me with all the all the people and all the sounds and all the um, uh, smells and everything is just so much and um, and talking with people is really hard and so I just sit there and knit my sock and then I can look down on my sock when everything feels overwhelming and you uh, have this repetitive motion that's meditative you get something done. I mean, if you just knit there one stitch after the other, eventually you have a sock. Um, that's a good thing for somebody who is depressed, who feels like he can't do anything. Um, uh, it's soothing. Um, yeah, and a lot of people weighed in that uh, they used it the same way, or somebody said um, she had panic attacks. I like anxiety attacks, and that. It helped with that as well. Um, I also sometimes use it for meditation, though not really all that often. And um, so in that episode, I linked to a few resources, mostly in English. So um, for those of you who only get the English version of this podcast, you can find a lot good resources about knitting and depression there. Then, since uh, after the knitting and depression episode, the most feedback I got was not about knitting and depression, but about sock construction. Because I was showing the toe socks and was talking about knitting toe up or top down and different heels and the toes and such. 
everybody was weighing in with their opinion on sock construction, how you can knit a sock, how you should knit a sock, which way of knitting a sock is the most enjoyable. I'm saying top down on DPNs. I use four DPNs and I do, mostly I do the kind of heel where you do the gusset first and then um, do a bunch of short rows and then are on your way. Um, uh, when I learned sock, uh, how to knit socks, it was all about the heel flap, picking up stitches, and that's a very traditional way for Germans to make socks. And I always thought that uh, Germans uh, were all knitting with 5 DPNs, but I've since found quite a few people who said that they are using 4 DPNs. So it takes all kinds. Um, so I was talking about sock construction, how you can knit socks, what I like best, and um, different kinds for almost an hour. So definitely a topic I can geek out on. And then uh, I think it was uh, Stephanie Bolt again to said that, um, yeah, those are not the only ways you can knit socks. Of course, there are some sideways constructions. I haven't tried those yet, but I might. Um, so uh, that was my episode on sock construction and that led to another episode about spinning sock yarn, which is a topic dear to my heart and I found that I had already done two episodes before that about the same topic. Um, I was talking a lot about the um, Ply magazine um, edition uh, about socks. Um, there was a lot of information in there and um, I found the um, different takes on what yarns the best for socks uh, very interesting and um, then I pulled out the Twisted Sisters sock book that talks about uh, dyeing and spinning and knitting socks and I had, I don't know, some other things and um, talked about all of that and Sarah Anderson has done um, an experiment to find out which uh, kind of yarn is the best and most hard wearing for socks. Abby Frankemont um, did a post on uh, Reverie about the topic and she did a, a really controlled experiment about sock yarn as well, uh, though she then lost one of the socks so that mm, ended her experiment. Um, and then last episode before this was about knitting in the 80s. I talked about how knitting in the 80s was different from uh, how we're doing uh, things now and I talked about how I got started um, on knitting in the late 70s and how we all had this acrylic yarn um, and um, were knitting these really boxy sweaters uh, without patterns mostly because um, uh, yeah, I didn't have much money and um, somebody said, yeah, she um, did all these um, projects from, um, out of her head as well, but she um, didn't 
uh, ever. She often didn't finish things. And I always did because um, I had to. Otherwise, I wouldn't get yarn for the next project. My mother was very strict. You only ever have one project. You have to finish that before starting a new one. The end. Um, I'm really happy that I can do it my way these days. But there is something to be said to have to finish a project before you can start a new one because then you actually finish projects and then you don't end up with a big drawer of UFOs. Um, I talked about uh, several sweaters that I made, but I'm starting to run out of time. Uh, and I especially talked about an, a sweater vest that I knitted from white cotton yarn that was in interlock. I uh, saw a friend wearing an interlock sweater and I looked at it so uh, long enough that I could figure out how to do it and I made a sweater of my own. I'm no longer really sure how to do it but I think I could figure it out again but that was what I did a lot of the time in the 80s. I looked at sweaters that people were wearing and tried to figure out how to make them uh, which is not as hard as it sounds and I still know a lot of people who say I never work from patterns I just Imagine what I want and then I'll make it. I'm very happy to use patterns because um, I have a lot of things in my life where I have to think really hard and knitting is not one of them at the moment. So I'm all good. I like to um, be able to do my own thing uh, if I want to. So. So I have to finish now. I hope that this episode wasn't too rushed. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, you can find everything I talked about on the blog at creativemother.de and these days there is a little um, tab on the top of the uh, blog where you can click on Handgemacht podcast and that brings you to a link where you can find all the um, the podcast episodes because with uh, me posting daily uh, the blog is pretty cluttered and finding a certain uh, podcast episode is a bit hard. Um, you can find all of that at creativemother.de. You can send me an email at susanne at creativemother.de that is also my PayPal, by the way. And you can find the podcast on Patreon where you can get a really nice essay from me in German once a week, uh, once a month. When you, um, so uh, I do two podcast episodes. Um, Patreon is $1 per podcast episode and then you get the essay. Um, what else? You can find me on Reverie as Creative Mother and on Twitter and Instagram as Free Jazz Mama. And now, um, thanks for listening again. And I hope to see you soon. I wish you happy knitting. Bye.